there's a sun that's in that sky that's casting a shadow. Mm. And if you want to focus on the shadow behind you, then you can. You have that choice. If you want to enjoy the view in front of you and move on to the next hill, you can also do that. For the first time in my life, I felt like the foundation that I leaned upon, being my closest friends, the people that I loved, and my family, all of that was kind of shaken up, and I didn't know if they were still there. Whenever life hands you lemons, you got to make a margarita, right? <laughs> so I think that I think that what, says that you you should you should have jumped in the marathon. I think <laughs> that, I mean why not, right? I mean you you defaulted on the tennis side of things. You had to get your exercise. Just go for it. You should have taken your racket and just gone down the road. The challenges of a race director. Yeah, that's exactly it. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! I am Neville. There are seven summits on Earth. Those, of course, are the peaks of each of our seven continents. They are from highest to still god-awesome high, Mount Everest in Asia, Aconcagua in Argentina, Mount McKinley in North America, Kilimanjaro in Africa, Mount Elbrus in Europe, Mount Vinson in Antarctica, and Mount Pukankjaya in Australia. Here is the news. Nine-year-old Tyler Armstrong of Southern California has just become the youngest person in recorded history to reach the summit of Argentina's Aconcagua Mountain at 22,841 feet. It is the tallest peak in the western and southern hemispheres. He reached that summit's bitter cold on Christmas Eve alongside his father Kevin and a Tibetan Sherpa. They're in fine spirits, I must let you know. But if you didn't know, Aconcagua's sheer precipices and bitter cold have claimed the lives of more than a hundred climbers. Our current favorite nine-year-old, Tyler was never to be dissuaded. In describing the summit, our favorite nine-year-old Tyler said, You can really see the world's atmosphere up there. All the clouds are on to you, and it's really cold. It doesn't look anything like a kid's drawing of a mountain. It's probably as big as a house at the summit, 
and then it's a sheer drop. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. We're beginning this new season at Dreamer's Hill. For some, its peak will be much higher than Mount Everest. For some, you're imagining yourself just about there, just about ready to kiss the sky. You might remember also from last season me making a certain observation that what you'll need with you at the top of the hill, you ought to have taken with you along the way. And the question was, what if you didn't take with you what you'll need up there? You might also recall me giving you a hint about what you're likely, very likely to confront while you're on that summit, i.e. an eagle and or a billy goat. However, why not let's begin our new season by considering varying perspectives of the way Dreamers Hill might expand or narrow a climber's vision and thus affect his or her climb? And what about those folks amongst us who are heading not up, but down the hill? Shouldn't you be jogging back down too? Reminds me of that pussycat who said, Me jogging, if you see me running, you'd better run too, because there's something chasing me. Oh boy, <laughs> that's funny in too many ways. Let's not think about it. Anyway, in the hot seat with me today is co-host Arisel Perez. And why not, Ari, let's just get straight into it. You've talked about perspective, or the different perspective on the top of the hill than, you know, previous on the bottom of the hill. And I think once you're on the top, of course, you see a lot of things that you didn't see before. And being at the top of the hill, everything's good. And, of course, there's more hills, and there may be mountains, and there may be, you know, other things in terms of, like, goals that you set for yourself, or whatever it may be, whatever the next step may be, and how you get to them. Um, it's always intriguing for me, but let's say that you're at the top of the hill, and you have to go back down to the bottom of the hill. It's definitely not a negative thing. Uh, the way I see it, if you started from the bottom of the hill, and you've made your way to the top, and you've learned... A, you know, a different perspective, um, going back down to the bottom and maybe showing some other people that are there at the bottom of the hill, if mm -hmm. you will, uh, you know, how to get 
to their mm-hmm, mm-hmm. top of their respective mm-hmm. hill mm-hmm. or just letting them know and educating them that, hey, there is a top to that thing and you guys should check it out whether I'm the one to show you or you're the one to do it on your own. Um, call it mentoring or teaching them you know, certain lessons along the way. So I say all that because starting from you know, the bottom and working your way to the top, there's definitely an appreciation that comes along with the entire journey. Where sometimes, you know, and I think I said this um, previously, but let's say, hey, you started halfway up the hill, you know, that makes that journey maybe maybe a little less fruitful. And not to say it's bad, but it's like, you know, you have some people that um, may either forget or may, may have not had the opportunity to start from the very bottom and come all the way to the top. Um my point is, if you do it that way, you have an opportunity to reach a lot more people. Mm. And those people at the bottom are always hungry for something, and they're hungry to learn, and they're hungry for the next best thing. And it's important for us, you know, or for anybody that's gone through such a journey, whatever respective, you know, thing they're going through, um, one, to recognize it, but two, know that they have a choice to educate others or bring them up to speed, if you will. Mm-hmm. We talked about you know, the, the eagle up in the sky as well and you know, walking your way up that hill using your own manpower is one way, but realizing that you know, you're that eagle up there mm-hmm. is, is something totally different and it's with that, it makes all the hills look that much smaller. It makes all those challenges, you know, it puts it in a completely different perspective. So even whenever you're on top of the hill, whether you're standing there and you earned it your own way or, you know, you're the eagle that's well above that hill, but say, ideally, it's a beautiful day outside and you've, you know, I mean, you're on the top of this hill and you've accomplished all these things, there's a sun that's in that sky and it's casting a shadow. Mm. And if you want to focus on the shadow behind you, then you can. You have that choice. If you want to enjoy the view in front of you and move on to the next hill, you can also do that. But it comes down to a choice still. And there are many people that have achieved certain things and that you know, we'll say that they've achieved the dream rather than living the dream, mm-hmm. and they falter back to focusing on that shadow. Mm-hmm. They can even turn and stare at the shadow if they want to mm-hmm. uh, and focus their, their efforts there, whether it be more challenges or just their past or, you know, some sort of emptiness that comes along with maybe not living the dream. But let's say you're that eagle on top of the mountain, you know, and you're just coasting. The higher you go, the smaller that shadow gets. Mm-hmm. And you still get, you still have the choice of focusing on that shadow. But at the same time, you have the choice of focusing on the beautiful view mm-hmm. and knowing that, hey, there's more hills and valleys coming along the way. But you've been through them before. Mm-hmm. You know, you've climbed them before. <laughs> I 
I like that. That's an interesting perspective. What's your perspective? Do you see yourself on the hill going up or down? Do you see yourself at the top of the hill? And what's happening there? Do you feel yourself an eagle soaring way above the hill? What's your perspective from there? I hope you'll share it with us. Uh, let me take this moment to mention, if you haven't noticed as yet, that we have a slate of new shows for you in this new season. Uh, if you, you can find it at, depending upon where you're listening to us, but if not, just go to thejourney.riosports.com and click on shows. That is, I'll repeat it, the journey, as one word, thejourney.riosports.com. Riosports is R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. The journey dot Riosports dot com. And click on shows. You'll find a number of our new shows for the season. Uh, let me tell you, mention a few of them. Some of these are, of course, segments along the journey, and some of them will be series. Uh, you will find details of, of them on uh, the site, uh, it, the details are not there. They will be up in another two or three weeks. One of the new series is called Locker Room. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting one. Uh, then we have some segments, Preachers to the Podium. We'll be posing some very unique questions uh, to preachers in the neighborhood. Then there are five-minute romances. You'd want that one if you're a lover, not a fighter. Soaking on the Island. That's a new segment coming up. You tell me. I think you'll like that one. A Man for Our Times. That's a new series. Bigots. And our humor segments like Whatever. Also, we'll be continuing a number of our um, segments and series from the last season, the Modern Family series, Games Men Play, and The Chapel, of course. Um, I mean, they're all listed here. I'm just peeking at the website as I'm talking to you. Poets Roundtable, that definitely is uh, coming up. We've got a slate of new poets and some returning poets that's going to be... Um, you like those shows. Just just don't miss them. Don't miss them. Wonder Women. Yep, we're going to be continuing with our Wonder Women. So check on thejourney.riosports.com and click on Shows. Of course, there are lots of other things on the site there that you'll enjoy. And give us your feedback. We started the new shows based on a lot of feedback that we've got. Uh, give us a feedback depending upon where you're watching the show. Let's get back to Ari. I always say Ari when, in fact, his name is Ari. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> the way he wants me to pronounce it, I'm so accustomed to saying Ari. Please don't call him Ari. Call him Ari. <laughs> Uh, 
Every journey up, down, or around the hill will present us with some challenges, I think. Give us your perspective. I think me being a competitor uh, helped me kind of realize some things, and more on the challenges, uh, more the challenges, I, I think. Just like a loss sometimes teaches you more than a win, right? But I say that because there were um, two big times in my life that that were really big challenges for me, and, and the first being there in high school, um, right around the time that this entire story as far as you know, my senior year in cross country and track, my parents were going through a split up and they were going through divorce and growing up I always saw them as superheroes. My mom is superwoman, my dad's superman, they're this perfect couple. We have this you know, I got my brother and my sister and my dog and we're you know, living the American dream. But that was the first time that I realized that hey, they're human and they hurt and they struggle and it affected me pretty deeply. I mean, it, it was it, it's a stinking divorce. It's not a joke. It's nothing at the time that's easy or beautiful or, you know, I mean, it, you don't wake up maybe feeling good, as I'm sure they they were feeling the same thing. I mean, they're the ones going through it. But um, I say that because, it, you know, that point in my life being 17, 18-year-old, not really knowing what's going on, I didn't know what to do. And it was very dark and was very lonely. And I had, you know, I still had my parents there for me. My mom was there for me no matter what. My dad was there for me. You know, everybody was still there for me. Everybody that knew what was going on, without a doubt, they were there for me. But that's a little different just because it's a, it was an entire shock to my system. So I say all that just because even the running side of things, running had always been kind of an escape for me. Um, and not even an escape in, in like trying to get away from certain things, right? N nothing negative. I mean, an escape is like, this is where I'm free. This is what I love to do. This is where I come alive, right? Where at that point in my life, running didn't matter anymore. You know, I, I was running some races where it's like, I could give a damn where I am. I just want to be home with my parents and I want everything to be okay, right? So I say all that. Because that was first really big challenge for me, or at least one that I recognize now. Fast forward a couple of years, and with my big move here to Dallas from Corpus Christi after college, you know, new job in a new city uh, in in the industry that I loved. I didn't, you know, I knew a handful of people here in Dallas, and was dating a girl back home. Caitlin, I still love you. You're awesome. You know, things weren't going maybe as smoothly as I thought that they would have been going at that point. So there were a lot of challenges, right? And that same kind of lonely feeling crept up again. And, you know, being able to take a step back and recognize, hey, you know, you've, this feels very similar to something that I've gone through before, being that divorce, you know, a couple of years beforehand. And I, I think it, I think the divorce rattled my bones because for once or for the first time in my life, I felt like the foundation that I leaned upon, being my closest friends, the people that I loved, and my family, all of that was kind of shaken up, and I didn't know if they were still there. It was me questioning it. Where with the move and the challenges, again, of moving to a big city and not really knowing a whole bunch of people and being new to the job and just, you know, 
kind of tell between your legs. You're questioning everything that's going on. Or I was on a lot of different spectrums or a lot of different avenues in my life. Everything kind of felt familiar again. And it was lonely. And I was having a hard time. And it was affecting, you know, the relationship with her and, and my professional side of things. And, you know, certain days I didn't want to get out of bed. Fine. But it was at that point that I realized, hey, you've been here before. You can lean on these people again. And having, you know, to swallow my pride in a sense and pick up the phone and call my mom and let her know, hey, you know what? I've been blowing smoke for the last couple of months. This is actually really tough. And doing the same with, you know, my best friend, JR, and doing the same with Daniela and, and you know, my family and my friends. And opening up myself, you know, you're vulnerable. And it's it's not a pretty thing, right? But knowing and trusting that, trusting in their love for you as well as your love for them, that they're you know they're not going to tear you down. They're going to build you back up. Once I was able, one, to recognize that it felt familiar, two, that I had been through it before, and three, just swallow my pride. <laughs> Picking up the phone and telling, you know, JR that or my mom or my dad that, whoever it was, um, and it was only a handful of people. I'm not saying it was a whole bunch of people, but um, being able to do that, once I got off the phone with that person, it almost made me eager to tell the next person. And after that fact, you know, once everything kind of blew through, knowing, hey, you know, they pick up the phone and call and check on me. Hey, how are you doing? You know, this and this and that, because I wasn't blowing any more smoke. <laughs> uh, I think that was the point where, you know, I recognized my my vision. It's It's a lot stronger now than it was beforehand. And knowing that it took that, you know, it, we took it to the extreme with divorce. We took it to the extreme with all the challenges that I just spoke of. But... That's how I was able to recognize the the fact alone, and I think sometimes some people aren't able to do that, and they dig their graves a little bit deep or you know whatever hole that they're laying in that much deeper without maybe even recognizing that fact. I think being able to take a step back to recognize what's going on and to lean on your past experiences. I, I say that now, and I feel so old. <laughs> but it, it's, it just it shows why it's you know it's that much more important to share these things with other people and to you know let them know, hey, challenges are going to come along the way, and you're going to learn from them because you have to. <laughs> Well, not because you have to. There's a choice. There's a choice, right? But you have to. I, if I, if right, because you need to. If I was telling them, because you need to, and because I've been through it, and you can trust me, that was the point in my life that I knew my vision was that much stronger than than it ever had been. So, having gone through all these experiences and learning all these lessons uh, along the way, it. it puts I think I feel like it puts me in a very valuable spot again to go back down from the top of the hill and collect whoever else is eager to learn or eager to to run or eager eager to get a good college degree or whatever it is just because again I've gone through that and and um I guess I'm eager to show that very next person the same things that I've learned and not that they want to, you know, I don't want to talk their ear off by any means, but it goes back to, hey, I've been here before. You can trust me. I've gone through this. So 
now with Chase coming into my life, with Chase, he's a young man that you know attends King High School. He runs cross country. He's a, he's a sophomore now. A couple of years back, he came to me, which is right around the time that I was getting out of college, and he asked for my help on the run side of things. And he says, hey, Audie, I mean, these weren't the exact words, but something along the lines of, hey, Audie, I'm in eighth grade now, you know, I'm I'm running, I want to do really well, I'm not having a whole bunch of fun. A um, couple of challenges were his way, and he reached out to me and basically asked, can we work together, can we write up something? And from that point, and I mean, immediately, I said, you know, as soon as I read it, I responded, I told him, you're on my team, Chase. Team Chase, done, for the, for the, from now until the end kind of deal. And so from that point... We've gotten together and we've done a couple of things and I feel like I have his trust just because, again, he knows or he kind of has an idea like, hey, we're both you know, in this together and I've gone through this. Uh, the only thing that I basically have asked him was, no matter what, all you have to do is give me everything that you have. And so with that comes this trust and I'm eager to teach him or show him certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just as much as he is willing to learn. And so that's a choice of my own. I mean, not, by no means am I the fastest runner or the smartest, you know, on the training side of things. But it just goes to show that everybody has an opportunity to come back down from the bottom of, I mean, from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill and teach others the same exact thing. So I may know a little bit about the running thing and I may know, you know, a, a little bit about, um, you know, collegiate running side of things. And, you know, again, I'm in a, this beautiful spot. All I know is my own story. Mm. I don't necessarily know where this is going to go, mm. but I know I'm going to bite it in big chunks mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to leave crumbs for the next person that comes along, whoever's willing to follow, you know, maybe a similar path or it's just eager to learn in general. Mm-hmm. So the mentor side of things, I think coming full circle, yes, we have this beautiful thing that's coming along in my life. I'm living the dream, but at the same time, I'm going to be running back down that hill with, you know, photos of everything and, and, <laughs> and, and whatever I can remember right. in order to come and bring it back to the next person. And I think that is just as valuable as the journey itself. You are on the journey, and it's time for our question of the week. The question of the week is this. How are you in relation to Dreamer's Hill? And how wide is your vision? How are you in relation to Dreamer's Hill? And how wide is your vision? Guys, it's time for your health check. Ladies, kindly allow the guys to have this moment. You will have yours. Here are six things healthy men know quite well. You'll find more details on each if you go to thejourney.riosports.com. That's thejourney.riosports.com, and you'll find more details. The six things that healthy men know quite well. One. To watch his diet, nutrition, be smart about it, nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. Number two, to stress less. Mm -hmm. Number three, to exercise regularly. Number four, to not ignore his mental health. 
Mm-hmm. Number five, to sleep well. Number six, every healthy man knows that his sexual health affects his overall health. Yes, guys, that's your health checkup for the week. See you next week.